Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. There are a lot of things that really were, um, you know, intriguing to me about the organization and, you know, the players and the coaches and, you know, the willingness of everyone to try to, you know, accomplish what the goal of playing football is, which is to win. You know, I'm going to try to do everything I can in my position and what I'm responsible for to make that happen. And, you know, I've got to trust that everyone else is doing the exact same thing. So in that part, it's, it's no different from, you know, what I've, what I've experienced, uh, you know, for 20 years in my own role. There's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Right, there's an odd phrase. That's going to take a while to get used to. But that's still Brady, uh, pretty vanilla, saying the right things. He's got to adapt, adjust, do his job. No shockers there. Just get used to the phrase, Tampa Bay's Tom Brady. NFL planning to stick to its original April 23rd to the 25th draft. League's general manager subcommittee wants to move it. Roger Goodell said, well, maybe, but probably not. COVID-19 might delay it, but they're probably going to go ahead with the scheduled date. Get ready for that uh, video and the virtual and uh, all the remote. A bunch of guys in front of a bunch of bookcases all across the country. Carolina Panthers release quarterback Cam Newton. Newton, who continues to rehab from foot surgery, had a physical in Atlanta on Monday. It was coordinated by the Panthers and his uh, agency. Newton passed the physical. He's healthy with both his shoulder and foot, and he's had, he's had surgery on both. He has a Liz Frank injury, he has a shoulder injury. They're checking out well, according to reports. So now, anybody can swoop in and get him for a whole lot less. And the question is who? The speculation about the Patriots and the Chargers, who both seem to have a spot. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Will he go somewhere as a backup? That seems less likely to me, but you never know. But Cam Newton has passed a physical in Atlanta. Rams CEO Kevin Demoff tweeting Tuesday he would read the top 10 mean tweets regarding the Rams' new logo if the teams tell La-thon LA. Get it? Tell La-thon. They misspelled telethon to make it work. Uh, Raise money for the United Way of Greater L.A.'s Pandemic Relief Fund and the L.A. Regional Food Bank. They raised over $2 million by early in the evening. So, some people have money. L.A. coughed up $2 million pretty quickly. Guess it's L.A. One gazillionaire could have taken care of that, right? Somebody who's got a luxury suite at Rams games could have handled that pretty quickly. So he's going to read the top ten mean tweets. The the new uh, logo, this seems incredibly... Incredibly petty and nothing to worry about right now with everything going on. But the new logo hasn't gone over well with Rams fans. Tradition and all that stuff. But they raised $2 million for a couple of good causes. So I had some fun, so I guess there's that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 
currently there's 47 guys on our on our team that are on missions right now and ask them for some patience and understanding and knowing the situation but I think uh, keeping that line of communication is important for us and to see how things are, are going for them I mean there, there's a system where they, they're coming home and adjusting with that 14 day period and uh, many of them are getting reassigned a different area so right now still focused on the present we're still de- dealing with day to day and then um, trying to educate them as much as possible and also trying to be upfront and honest with them and the, the scholarship numbers are always an issue when you're dealing with missionaries and then the timing of returning from missions but this is just another adjustment that we have to make and like I said we'll, we'll work through this as well it's not it's not nothing that's too hard and too difficult for us to overcome that's Kalani Sataki right there. The BYU football coach is going to join us live at 9.30 this morning. So 47 players currently serving missions. You know they're chartering flights and bringing a lot of people uh, home from overseas because of uh, COVID-19. So the question is, how many of those 47 get reassigned? How many of those 47 uh, get squeezed out? Maybe they bring in one or two now. Maybe a bunch of them work out and then go into the next class, uh, enroll in school in January. they got eight months to uh, try and do whatever workouts they can, do some running, lose weight, gain weight, whatever it is. And then inevitably, some of these guys are going to end up scattering to other schools. Big Sky, Mountain West, Pac-12, you know, depending on their talent level and what other teams need. Uh, this, ought, this ought to be a crazy free-for-all for the whichever ones of the 47 don't get reassigned. PK, you listen to Kalani uh, talk about this, uh, kind of your takeaways of how this is going to shake out, especially maybe for some of the more high-profile guys. Well, the more talent you have, the better chance you have to play and start. I mean, it's all about winning football games, so uh, this is unusual. I get it, but uh, these kids were going to come home here at some point anyway and so you're going to have some kids are going to phase out of your program some kids are going to come into your program this is a problem that deal i don't know if it's a problem but it's a a situation or an issue that byu deals with on a higher level than anybody in the country so maybe it's a little higher than normal even though it's way high compared to utah utah state and stanford whoever else might be recruiting lds kids so and then this is the, learn, the earlier you learn, uh, the better you are, the more breaks you get. Uh, so try to be as good as you possibly can get, be. I mean, that's probably better for the kids. And then if they're not good enough to play at BYU, then they can move on to someplace else. And so and they're going to have to deal with it. So you can't really just sit there and, and I don't think Kalani's doing that, whining about it. And just, in a sense, it's it's... It's business as usual, only this case it might be more business than usual, as usual. The NCAA is going to allow Clemson star quarterback Trevor Lawrence to go forward with fundraising efforts to help victims of the coronavirus pandemic. Originally, they were told to deactivate. He and his girlfriend were told to deactivate a GoFundMe page, uh, but quick public backlash on social media, and the NCAA flip-flopped and let them go ahead and do it. Since they're basketball coaches... Yeah, I don't think the NCAA had anything... I don't think the NCAA had anything to do with it. I thought it was Clemson who told them to take it down. Uh, it's NCAA rules, so NCAA had to deactivate that rule. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The over-under would be June 1st, and I'm taking the under. Then hopefully by middle of May, we're starting to get back to normal, and the NBA is playing games, maybe not with fans, 
mm-hmm. what we're playing games because sports play such an important role. You know, people want something to cheer for. People want something to rally around. People want something to, to be excited about. And if the Mavs and the NBA in general can get out there and start playing games in, in May that, so that they're on TV, I mean, sports is what we need right now. And I think sports will, you know, I think we're coming together as a community, particularly in North Texas, mm-hmm. but I think we need it. And I think the NBA is ready to play that role. Mark Cuban sounding optimistic about getting back to basketball. It'll be odd, games with no fans, but it's better than no games at all, I suppose. There's going to be much debate about that. June 1, over, under. That sounds pretty optimistic. I'll take it. We haven't had a lot of optimism lately. I have no idea whether it sounds optimistic or not. I'm not not a medical expert on this, so I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking more of the positive when it comes to this stuff rather than the negative. I know that's unusual for me, but... That's what I'm thinking, that this isn't going to last as long as those people who are more extreme about it are. But that's my own personal opinion. i got nothing to base it on, so don't take it as fact. I'm offering no advice on anything on how to live your life whatsoever, so I don't want to hear any blowback, but I'm more in the Cuban camp. I'm positive the Clippers are getting their brand new arena over by the Rams' new stadium. Clippers owner Steve Ballmer reached a deal to buy the forum in Inglewood. They're buying it from the Madison Square Garden Company for $400 million. So now that he's got that and the potential lawsuits out of the way there, he can go ahead and build his own arena, and then we'll see what he does with the forum after he's got his new arena next door. I assume he'll build it down, and now he's a real estate mogul with a big chunk of land in Inglewood that'll be adjacent to the new stadium, the new entertainment district, the uh, new arena, and the Clippers will move over there in a couple years. So... It's good to be sitting on billions of dollars. Balmer just comes up with $400 million. No problem. Ready? Go. Well, I think that was the plan all along. This has been out there now for several weeks that this was the issue. So he was going to circumvent any potential lawsuits about building an arena too close to an arena and all that stuff by just buying that one. And so he bought them out, essentially. And so they'll have their new arena over there, and then they'll keep the form for concerts I saw my first concert in the L.A. Forum in, like, 1978. Who'd you see? So, Rod Stewart, man. (laughs) Back in the day. Yes, he announced, uh, like, in March, I think it was, that he was going to come in the end of June for, like, three shows. And it was at the height of his popularity, and it ended up being something like six or seven shows one right after another, consecutive days. And the one that I went, it was packed. And uh, so the Forum has been hosting shows. I've been to the Forum for hockey and for basketball and for concerts. Uh, I don't think I've been to the Forum for anything else, but I've been to the Forum a million times. So the intent is to keep that and to get the Clippers their own arena, establish their own identity. And it'll be interesting to see how it it plans out, it plays out, because it's way more than just getting your own arena. It's about separating from the Lakers and to see if you can become part of the fabric. How much of that gap can you close between you and the Lakers? If you win a whole bunch, I mean, you got a shot. If you're just middling around 500 going out in the first round, you know, you can have the fanciest arena in the world, and it's really not going to matter. So it's the product you're going to put out on the floor combined with the other stuff. And Ballmer's committed to doing all that stuff. So, yeah, this was this has been part of the plan for a good long time. And it makes sense because he's certainly got the money to spare to be able to do it. And will he have uh, the talent on the floor? Because it seems like 
his stage, we just had Mark Cuban. You take Palmer and Cuban, they're a lot alike in that way, you know, and the, the professional ownership of sports has given them the fame along to go with the wealth. Uh, now, if you compare Balmer to Cuban at this stage, he's a little more understated because it seems like early on Cuban was out there and he's getting fined. He was coming out on the floor to argue referees' calls and whatnot. And Balmer hasn't done any of that. He has all the enthusiasm and all the money. So, and eventually Cuban got himself a title. We'll see what Balmer can do. I would think over the course of time, yes, he will build it and he will cut in, or maybe not cut into the Laker fan base, but establish his own fan base and their own identity rather than just being a long time, decades old joke that they were for many, for decades, obviously. So I think that he'll, he can get it done, not to the level of the Lakers, and the Lakers aren't going to go any go away anytime soon, but Ballmer can establish a Clipper identity with this whole plan that he has. Well, the Clippers wasted their first 30 years in L.A. as far as closing the gap. If anything, the gap grew even bigger. Uh, but, you know, Ballmer behaves like a, a, a real owner and seems invested, so it, it's nothing that happens overnight. Uh, you know, they, they came in way behind. They've fallen further behind. But I think the new building will help, and then it's winning, 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 winning. But definitely getting in their own building, that would seem to be the, the first step. Uh, the other NBA news is Minnesota Timberwolves star Carl Anthony Towns revealed in an emotional video late last night that his mom has been hospitalized and is dealing with health complications for what's believed to be COVID-19. His uh, mom, Jacqueline Cruz, is in a medically induced coma and had to be put on a ventilator. So it, it doesn't sound good at all. He was pretty emotional in that video. Carl uh, Anthony Towns obviously donated a hundred grand right away for the uh, efforts up in Minnesota. The Mayo Clinic, yeah. Yeah, the Mayo Clinic. So Jacqueline Cruz now in a medically induced coma and on a ventilator. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. And first, I'm sure people thought, well, yeah, they'll miss spring training. But now it's more advanced to that. And uh, so I'm like everybody else. I'm just hoping and praying that there'll be some good news and we'll be able to have a a good season. We're not going to have a full season because this thing is burning up days like an express train. But uh, somewhere along the line, I hope and pray that, uh, you know, baseball will start up. That will be so wonderful. That will be a rainbow after the storm that, yeah, things are going to get better. If I was still working, I would be terribly frustrated. Uh, But, you know, you can't fight it. It's too big. Panic is not going to help anybody. That's the biggest. And if you can find any humor in this world, uh, you know, however you want to look at it, that's awfully important. But the biggest thing to me is to stay calm, and I know that's very easy to say, but it, uh, I've been reading about lines uh, in, the, in the big stores, and uh, the only thing, I guess, is, is to pray a lot and, and try to stay calm. Nothing else. What else can you say? That's Vince Scully, longtime voice of the Dodgers. L.A. Times' Bill Plasky doing an interview with him over the phone. And, uh, P.K., explain how important Vince Scully is to Dodger fans. And not, not even to Dodger fans, but to baseball fans in general, Dodgers fan, fans specifically. But even if you root for a different team and live in the L.A. area, Vince still mattered. 
Bowman matters on a number of levels. He's 92 years of age now, and I have discovered on my Sirius radio, which I'm getting a free trial for three months, although I waited a month to activate it, so I only have two months, but every morning at 11 o'clock in the MLB network, they do an hour-long feature on someone, and I've since discovered this. And yesterday, as it were, I figured out that they were doing something on Vince Scully, so I listened to it for an entire hour. And he was the broadcaster of the Dodgers eight years before they moved to Los Angeles. And you want to talk about his level of importance. At the time that they moved west, obviously the Giants came with them. You know that the Cardinals were the uh, farthest east or west team at that time, right? So that meant every other team outside of the Giants were playing in either the central and eastern time zones. Those were the two. And so what happened at that time is Scully was able to ingratiate himself in the Dodger fans because so many of them, for literally half the season, were listening to him driving home from work. Because there weren't that many games on television to begin with. Mm -hmm. I think the O'Malley's only put on maybe 10 and because they thought that would hurt attendance back in those days. But everyone was driving home because that's when the games were being played. They were literally, they were literally starting either at 4 o'clock or at 5 o'clock. And then after they move into the Coliseum, like in 1962, and then right before Dodger Stadium, that's when the transistor radio came out. And particularly when they were in the Coliseum, it wasn't built for baseball. So people were extraordinarily far away. So they brought these transistor radios. So, so many people grew up on Vince Scully. And he is the most legendary announcer, yes. And still be able to go at 92 years of age. It's just remarkable that he would have his wits about him to be able to do all that he's doing. So, yeah, he'll forever be Dodger baseball as far as I'm concerned. In time, there might be others, but I don't know that they will replace him. They may they can move alongside him. But certainly the circumstances that Vince Scully had were so unusual that he is Dodger baseball. And then he did other stuff, too. You know, he called... Masters. He called the Montana to uh, Dwight Clark. Yep. Yeah. It was actually his last game for CBS because they went through all this. And I was listening to it and taking mental notes. Listening to Vin Scully, that is uh, for Dodger fans, man. That is just like a, a warm jacket on a, on a cold winter day. Bet it's L.A. So I don't have that many cold winter days, but you get the point. The other baseball news, Noah Syndergaard will undergo Tommy John surgery after suffering a torn ulnar ulnar collateral ligament. He's going to have the surgery today, is expected to be out until next April at the earliest. Expectations are he'll probably be out until the summer of 2021. Too bad he didn't get this, you know, six months ago, but oh well. So... I don't know, he must not be getting this in New York. Elective surgery in New York wouldn't be happening now with all the stories we're hearing about there. He's got to be going somewhere else in the country for this. But Noah Syndergaard, there you go. All right, DJ and PK. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, 830, Tim Lacombe. Former Utah and BYU basketball staffer, jazz radio studio analyst, is going to join us. He was at the ACC tournament when everything got shut down. He's going to be here at 8.30. Pace Mannion at 9.05. We have a lot to talk to Pace about. 
Pace has great memories of the NCAA tournament. He was on uh, at least two, maybe three, but at least two Sweet 16 teams at the University of Utah in the early 80s. Went on to play for the Jazz. Now his son, a freshman at Arizona, doesn't get to go to the NCAA tournament as it gets shut down. We talked to him about that. Pace also played in Italy for years. So there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. The NBA draft coming up. How is Nico, his son, is he helping him get prepared for that with everything going on? It's crazy times. We'll talk with Pace at 9 o'clock. And Cougar football coach Kalani Sataki is here at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.